Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bonecast. Thank you again. I'm going to say thank you again every single start of the episode. So thank you again for supporting all of the episodes so far. The last episode that we had with Fudge was received super well again. And um, today's guest very much lives up to the moniker of high-profile guests that I want on the show. He doesn't really need an introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Uh, former head TO of that team has run... Um, countless events notably the albion series and obviously dat blast zone as well um one of the biggest figureheads in smash uk and smash europe i've got my man gp here on the mic with me how you doing my man hello mr bonus i'm doing great thank you very much uh very happy to be on here i get to talk at great length and i'm very good at doing that so. <laughs> well that's what i mean like because i mean me and you haven't spoken in a while because of all this quarantine stuff and stuff like that. So, yeah. I, like, when I was thinking of guests to have on the show, your name was definitely up there, like, straight away. I need to get GP on the... I need to get GP yeah. on the... On the See, podcast. this is the thing. When I, I saw the podcast going out and I was there, like, I really want to be on that, but I don't want to pressure him. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, like, like I, I feel like I need to open it up to the to the people because I'm, like, just, like, thinking of people to, to kind of DM and talk to about it. I'm just like, oh, I should have this person on. But, like... I, I think I just need to open it up to people like, do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> and then just see what happens from there. Well, yeah, honestly, uh, you, do something like that or stick a format. I think you get loads of people and I think you'll be able to get loads of fun perspectives out of it. Like, I think from, so. You know, from people from older people, from newer people, you know, anything. Definitely, definitely. Um, I guess we might as well jump straight into it. GP, um, the intro I gave you, very much focused around TOing, but obviously very, very strong player in your own right. I guess before we jump into anything around kind of TOing and stuff, how did you, how did you get into it? Because I feel like it's such a it's such a strange field to get into tournament organizing, especially when it gets to the point where where you were with it as well. How did you kind of first introduce yourself to to TOing events? Introducing myself to TOing, see that was strange because I've kind of always been a healthy person. I guess um, mm -hmm. it it comes from my, it like it's built into my family. Like they all do it. Um, when I played football, my dad coached the football team because nice. no one else would. Um, my mom, the less, the less said about the stuff my mom helped with, the better. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, 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 how PG are we? I listen, there, there are no restrictions. There All right. No so when, so when, so when I was a young teenager, my mom was a sexual health advisor. Okay, so okay. you can probably imagine the sort of discussions that were had and the sort so having your mom come into the school. Mm -hmm. uh, to take a class was a little bit embarrassing. But, but, oh, wait, but did she come was... into your school? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds like a nightmare. That sounds like a yeah. nightmare. It, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. But And then, then it'd always be like, oh, yeah, I know your mum. And still get that now in my current job. But um, but it's basically like all my... Uh, my, my family's always been the kind of community-driven help people who help out. Sure. Um, and you can see that with my mum coming to every every DBZ yeah. and Albion as well. Yeah, yeah. So in the same vein, when it, when we were when I joined the scene in two thousand and nine, <laughs> oh, wow, Jesus, yeah, old man, but, uh, when I, strong, Jesus. <laughs> I know, man. But when I when I properly went to offline events, uh, which was in two thousand and ten, it was like we had tos, but they were all melee tos, and you know, all credit to them for accommodating rule, but they were definitely more focused and lent in towards supporting the melee scene than the brawl scene so we really didn't have a great deal for the brawl scene um sure. and you had you had tos for the brawl scene but they weren't like the guys actually putting the event together you know mm -hmm. so i sort of looked into doing that and i hosted my first event which was blasto number one that was your first uh, event yeah blasto number one see the the, the, the name blasto there's uh, there's so much lore around that as like a tournament series mm -hmm. 
Um, because it's been everywhere, but it started in my hometown of Thetford. Um, wow. I have rented out a venue for 24 hours because people were like, oh yeah, we can't do that journey there and back in one day, which I was like, fair enough. I'll, I'll book the venue overnight. Um, oh, what, and people but, just crashed there? Yeah, and I was, I was like, right, I break even on like 50 people attending. Wow. Yo, that's so, like, that's like proper kind of grassroots smash. Like everyone just pile into the venue, just sleep yeah. on the floors. Let's play some Smash. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Exactly. Uh, I then had around 15 people come along. I lost a lot of money that day. Uh, <laughs> I, w I, w I was 17. That was a lot of money to lose. It yeah. was like 200 and something. Oh, um, but the thing is, like, I, even after that, like, I didn't really host anything myself for a while after that. But then there was stuff being hosted in Croydon, and I helped to you that. And then stuff with the Heart of Gaming came up, and I just kind of went from there. And the thing is, I, I never. it was never really like... And to, for the longest time, I was never really too focused on being like, like international tier host. Mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of doing my thing. That's interesting. Um, and, and then learning from each each instance. Because the thing is, like now, um, I don't know if you were going to go into this, but a lot of uh, a lot of tos now, like if they've got issues, they can go and ask people. Mm -hmm. I was I was literally like fending for myself. It was like, well, I'm gonna. Yeah. Do this and see if it works, and if it doesn't work, then we'll not do it again. That's a fucking. We'll yeah. That's a baptism so, of fire as well, though. Like losing really two hundred, two hundred plus quid. How do you not get? How do you not get disheartened after that? That first, first kind of event you run on your own, you realize you made such a loss. How did you? How did you kind of recover from that kind of and to and to carry on TOA? And I don't yeah. really get that. That's my uh, well, that, there was a big gap between my first event as head TO and my second event as head TO. Like right. we're talking like a two year gap. Oh wow. Okay. But that's because it was just like, it wasn't viable for me uh, as a 17-year-old. It wasn't until I got into uni where I was like, oh, I can actually start doing this again. Mm -hmm. um, but I was still doing, the thing is, like, even when I wasn't head TO, I was still the admin of Smash UK. Um, like, I, cr I created the fa the Facebook page that's now been around for forever. I made that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was before I even started TOing uh, and all sorts of stuff like that. So I was still doing all of the, the stuff, but I wasn't putting the events on, if you get me. Mm-hmm. And what would you say, like, the the kind of, I guess, I guess the, the, the one that really kind of made you feel, I don't want to say made you feel like a big deal, but, like, what was the one event where you kind of ran it and you were just like, okay, this is this is something that I can legitimately put a lot of time into and get get a lot of success out of as well? What was the one event that you feel like crowned that? Um, I, It's very difficult to pin it down to one specific event, but if there's anything that really stuck to me, it's like, oh, I'm good at this because mm -hmm. um, I was always kind of doing it and it was like it was never really stopping me um, we put the the Smash UK circuit the initial version was in 2014 and I was running that with a couple of the melee guys mm -hmm. uh, one thing led to another and that series is the reason why the air tournament series exists okay. um, yeah because air one was the circuit finale like how the one we had in December was oh uh, I yeah. did not know that I did not know no, that very, very few people do <laughs> But um, that but yeah, so I was running that circuit, and I was like, yeah, I, you know, this is this is big. Um, but then Smash Four came out, mm -hmm. and I ran a few that smashes back then. That's what, or it was, it was just uh, yeah, it was just called that smash. Um, and it wasn't that was where the name that team came from, not the other way around. Okay. Um, because it was a name that the Heart of Gaming said they wanted to use. I was like, okay, sure. Um, and then that Smash Four happened. Like, th like that Smash One, Two, and Three were like decent mm -hmm. they had like good numbers for an event of that sort of time um but then that smash 4 came along 
that was the first time we really had that team as a thing, which then it was me, Ben, Eve, and Bowie. Shout out to all them. Yeah, man. The great great group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, we had French players come over. We had Skahi, uh, Joran, Halsey, and Enki. Mm-hmm. Um, all came over, and they were saying, like, I, I was looking at it like, I was like, this event wasn't great. But they're all saying, no, this event was incredible. Like, this is way better than anything we have in France. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And that was when I started to turn my look outwards. Like, I just kind of focused on the UK until then. And then I started looking into Europe and seeing how they were doing things. And sort of realized from there, oh, actually, there's... I'm quite way further ahead than I thought I was. I thought I was still, like, pretty low level. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, wait, like, we as a as a unit like that team as a unit is actually really good here I suppose it and that is like, that, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's when we started looking into like majors and stuff mm-hmm. that's it, I, I almost feel like it does take that that kind of perspective check at times where it's just like you're kind of in your own little bubble for the longest time and like whilst people are saying like oh you're very good at this oh you're very good at this sometimes you need to compare yourself to your peers and be like Oh wait, I am actually quite good at this now that I think about it. Yeah. So, so I guess I guess that leads on quite nicely to my next question. In that, you you ran uh, you've had the tournament, and then you looked around and you thought, okay, this could definitely go bigger. When was the transition over to kind of national national level events? Um, DBZ seven. Um, mm. there was. I, I'm not going to go into de- into nitty gritty details, but long story short. I had an ultimatum with the hog of you need to give me internet or we can't run events here anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't with that Smash 6. So we had an incredible top 8, but no one saw it because the internet was something hilarious like 0.13 meg upload. God damn. God um, damn. And it, 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 it's, it had been like the first time in like many times where we'd just been let down. So we were like, okay, well, we, we're going we're gonna to take a plunge and go elsewhere. Um, and that's when we found the Bridge Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we moved there. And I was like, right, I'm going to, you know, I, I will just go to, to take a little bit of a side, uh, a, you know, a little bit of a side story because it's something that stuck with me, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's very true. And uh, you, you know, you, you'd probably know it as well with Manchester Con- Conquest. But um, when we left the Heart Gaming, someone there who is no longer with the Heart Gaming um, was like, "Well, you can't use the name anymore. We're keeping the name of the tournament series." Oh wow! Um, and it had finished on that Smash Six. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a side note, Blast Zone as a as a standalone series, the last one that had happened was a couple of years before, and that was Blast Zone Six. So I was no like, way. Yeah, yeah. It was like a launch 3DS tournament. So that's how long. That's how earlier, much earlier it was. Oh damn! And, okay, I, yeah. and I was there, like I was like, oh, I can just transition this over. But I was really worried that people wouldn't know because it was a different tournament name. Mm-hmm. So I actually, um, I was super worried about it. So I actually went and spoke to my dad and I'm not, I've always been a bit of a mum's boy when it comes to talking about stuff. Of course. We, we're more on a, on a similar sort of wavelength for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I went and spoke to my dad and uh, he always, always found a way to relate it back to football. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was saying, I was saying about, I'm scared people aren't going to know it's me because it's a different tournament series name, like the different name of the tournament. He went, he went, football manager changed hands from Eidos to Sega about a decade ago, but everyone still followed uh, and it, then it changed names from championship manager to football manager. But people still knew that the guys who were running it had just changed their name. They still knew the oh. people behind it. And you, you'll be the same thing for yourself. So I was like, yeah, okay, I think you're right. So we were like, you know, that team presents that Blaster in 7, which was our first multi-day tournament as a team. 
That's crazy. Um, yeah. And I'll be completely honest with you, it was so below our standard. Oh, really? It was, not, uh, in my opinion, it was not good. I mean, that's, um, that's, we... that's an event that a lot of people remember, though. Like, DBZ7, that was a, that was a very, very eventful event in, like, oh, in yeah. terms of stuff that happened there, right? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, when you, you, I was listening to the podcast with Matsu where she was mm-hmm. saying about how that being her big, her first tournament, and it was like a real breakout moment. Yeah. And there, there were some great moments there, um, but it wasn't. Uh, it, in terms of pure tournament logistics, it wasn't good, and that that's kind of like our calling card. So if that's not on point, then it's a bit of a problem. Sure. But I mean, but from there, like we were just like, right, well, we can continue from here. Because then DBZ8 happened. It, it went back to being one-day events, but that happened. We started doing pre-reg pay only. Mm-hmm. So this was before Smash GG, so we had to do it through Google Forms and then PayPal, where you have oh, to wow. manually chase people through Facebook, like, hey, pay for your entry. Mad. Yeah. Mad, mad, mad. But yeah, so and then it just sort of gradually grew from there, and then we ended up with that Blast Zone being like a real staple. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Uh, so I guess moving on to, to kind of the the bigger events that you obviously you had your blast zones which were the kind of they were kind of monthly at the time and they always garnered quite a lot of people but i think um the first albion which um not a lot of people know that i was at the first albion <laughs> i think i'm one of the only people from the north who have been to all four albions um i went to i went to the first albion i think i got like 25th or something like that how many people were at albion one uh 160 i think decent okay but so there was 160 people was that the was that the biggest event that you'd run run today just it was only like 10 it was only like 10 people higher than uh dbz7 oh wow really yeah because like we we announced it and i was i was expecting a lot bigger numbers than what we actually got but it ended up being like barely any growth and i was like oh damn damn so so it didn't really did it not really feel like too much of a step up when you went from kind of dbz to 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 albion one yeah, it didn't know the Albion as a tournament series really felt like it took off on Albion. T- nope, you lagged out a little bit there. Do you want to? Oh, like sorry. It? sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, it really felt like it kicked off as a tournament series during Albion two. Hmm. Mm. I have. Um, but it, it was, um, and it that was like the moment that it, it sort of really t- took off, and it was like, right, this is this is a thing now. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I guess okay. So let's. I guess let's. We've progressed naturally onto Albion, so we might as well talk about that a bit. Um, yeah. Everyone has so many fond memories of Albion, whether it be the tournament itself, the the, the experience that they had around the tournament. I feel like everyone who went to the Albion events um, really, really enjoyed themselves when it came to that. When it came to kind of designing Albion as an event, because it did really, it felt so much different to, to other events around the UK, even at that scale, which there wasn't too many, but the ones that were going towards that scale, right? What was in what was in in your mind when it came to making Albion? I guess with Albion two specifically, because that really did feel like the big step up. I'm very much in agreement yeah. with you. What was it that kind of took that to the next level for you? Um, it was when the rest of the rest of Europe were really really had their eyes on it, and we delivered so well. Um. The, the you you were around then, so you sort. I'm sure you sort of understand um, that the European scene had like had a string of notoriously poorly run tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't yeah. name all of them, but the most recent, but like then Smashdown World happened, and that that is known as like an absolute catastrophe of an event. Sure. Um, and that event alone has stopped people from traveling to France for tournaments for years. Wow. Like it damaged the reputation that badly. 
But um, I will admit it was a bit cheeky of me. But um, I basically put out a tweet right during the end of Smashdown World saying, I've had enough of crap events. We're going to do it ourselves. And I feel like one of the key things that made that team really take off and Albion as a a result was that we we basically, we had a calling card, like in terms of like, if you come to our events, this is what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And being able to have a product that you sell, because that is essentially what you're trying to do when you want to sign up. You are telling, you're telling them, this is the product I will give you. It costs this much. I will guarantee you this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I can get into it further in later, but I am convinced that the, as though, although it's a big meme now, the gigantic round robin pools we ran mm-hmm. are the primary reason we, you know, Albion became the biggest tournament in Europe. Sure. Um, because where you could say, you are guaranteed nine tournament sets. At a high caliber uh, tournament like that as well. Yeah. 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 You are guaranteed a minimum of this many competitive games versus people from anywhere in the world, anywhere in Europe. Um, and we're going to run it on time. And that was the thing. We were said, like, this is happening and it's going to finish on time. And we are going to be. We're going to be successful and we're going to show all of you how to run tournaments. Sure. Sure. It's, inter- um, it's interesting that you because that is essentially it. Because a point. Sorry, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but um, it's what I was saying to mainland Europe at the time. I was like, you guys aren't running tournaments properly, but they would say, oh, you don't understand how difficult it is because you're not running majors. And I was like, okay then, let's run a major. I'll yeah. show you. Yeah, I was, I, I was kind of going to mention like it's interesting when you were talking about why you first got into the TO and scene. You mentioned kind of your dad was the was the football like he 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 did coaching and stuff like that for football because no yeah. one else would. Um, I guess I guess it's kind of run into this, right? It's like okay, it's well, no one thing. else, no one else is running um, high caliber European events, so I guess I'll do it. It's 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 funny how it comes full circle like yeah. that. Um, yeah. With Albion, um, I guess we'll just go straight to Albion for it because it was, um, honestly one of the best tournament experiences. I think a lot of people will attest to it being one of the best tournament experiences that they probably ever had when it came to any kind of Smash event. Um. I mean, just just to kind of speak a little bit on my behalf, I've told people that I've casted an event um, that had a thousand people at it, had twelve thousand people watching at home at the Emirates Stadium, and people are like, "Holy shit, that's incredible!" Like people who do not watch Smash Bros, like some of my yeah. close close friends who are not in the Smash scene, I've told them that, and they're just like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" And it's even better for me because I support Arsenal, so it was like a fucking. Oh really? Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what the funniest thing was when we were at the cursed event, which we will not name on this because you've talked about it on previous podcasts, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> a cursed event where you had just come off a top eight, and I'd been talking with Ben about commentary, and we'd had a couple of like top level European commentators come to me and be like, "Hey, you know, I want to cast." Uh, Albion 4 top 8 mm-hmm. these are my rates um, uh, and Viram had already said yeah I'll do it but I can only be there for the top 8 and all I want from you is to keep that I'm coming a secret mm-hmm. and I was I was talking with who am I going to put with Viram and I was like I was talking to him and I was like I kind of want to have Dev because he's really good and he honestly deserves the opportunity mm-hmm. and he's like he's not going to like he does it because he's passionate about it and that's yeah. that's the that's always been the thing that I've always felt most strongly about is do they care Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after after you came off that top eight and you looked pretty done, and then uh, I came at you, I pulled you aside. I was like, "Look, I want you on top eight," and your face was a picture. Oh yeah, mate, I was fucking, but 
honestly like <laughs> it was so weird i'm gonna, i'm just gonna gush about this for a little bit so like, it, was, yeah. it was very weird because like when it came to kind of casting events and stuff like that i'd always uh, be on top eight at like a lot pretty much all of the events that i'd go to which sounds really fucking narcissistic when i say it like that but generally speaking when i was at an event a lot of the time they'd ask me to do top eight um, and most of the time i would do it as well um and i guess when i saw the deal with albion um i was like holy shit i hope i get a chance to kind of commentate that and then i, I remember you um you contacted me about it i was just like holy shit <laughs> i didn't, know, didn't really know how to react it was it was a super super cool moment for me um obviously seeing scr up there doing doing their thing uh, oh, after after it was always weird with scr as well because you see someone kind of grow grow in the smash scene and i i mean i'm I'm not gonna lie i'm not exactly be- i'm not best friends with scr we're, we're friends like we talk but <laughs> like i'm not i'm not gonna say like I'm, i've been there since day one kind of thing because that's very disingenuous but like see seeing scr kind of come from where they came from and then seeing them on the stage as well at albion 4 playing against like some of the best in the world it was insane it was insane to to kind of see um i guess for you and albion 4 to run an event of that caliber to run an event of that statue as well um what did that what did that mean to you i can't even i can't even think about how you would begin to express that I mean, it was, it was strange, actually. Um, there's so many emotions I feel about, especially when I look back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been really emotionally attached to my work anyway. Um, I know we're on about Albion 4, but I do have to say, after Albion 2 finished, I, you know, packing away stuff sucks. Mm-hmm. But we finished the pack away, and I sat in the, sat in the van, and uh, mum just turned to me and went, you fucking did it. Yeah. That, like, exactly those words, and I just burst into tears. Yeah, man. Um, but it was the same sort of thing for Albion 4. It was like, I knew, <clears throat> before I even announced it, I knew that was my last event. Um, and it, I, like, a bunch of things, re- there was a bunch of reasons for it, but I remember I really felt done. Um, like, it, like, something occurred at a previous DBZ during Ultimate. Um, and it just kind of really killed my, uh, inspir- my, like, my drive to keep doing stuff. And I was like, you know what? I've got a good job where I'm still doing event running, and I get to, go- I get to dive into a new market. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going as big as I humanly can with Albion 4. This is the perfect time to do it because the game had just come out and we hadn't had like a true huge major. Mm-hmm. Like we'd had Valhalla, which is big, obviously. Like I'm not gonna ever gonna discredit them, um, but we hadn't had like the you know the big one. So I was announcing it and I was I, we were putting it together and we were like, right, we're going as big as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it all came to it, so it was really stressful leading up to it um i was still working full-time leading into it and uh somewhere on my mum's phone there is a video of me the tuesday before albion 4 mm-hmm. uh, where i look like i'm about to die oh no because oh, i am no. i am so dead um yeah. yeah and uh she was like really worried that she was gonna have to take me to the hospital because i was that drained but um mm. when it all finished uh and we we got away from it and i got home at the end and it was just surreal to be like like being laying in my own bed on the Sunday night because I went home and then came back to London the next day for the post Albion meltdown. Sure. Um, I was there like, I really just did that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That, like the, the team really... was an experience as well. Fucking. Oh, <laughs> that oh, was, oh yeah. Was I can't remember most of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, I got fucked up. But yeah, but yeah, no, the whole tournament. Like, I mean, there's so much to say that it's almost, it's basically not where it's basically impossible to go into it all. Like, mm-hmm. I was obviously running stuff, so I didn't get to truly 
invest myself in the play and stuff, but oh, I still gosh. remember everyone going ballistic when SCR beat MVD. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember the raw rea- like it was I can't describe it as anything else, like the raw reaction when young Eevee, you know, made the comeback on Orion game five. That was honestly the one of the best Smash Ultimate sets I think I've ever seen. It oh yeah, amazing. no, it's incredible. Oh, I only caught the end because I was obviously running around, but like everything was going on. And um it sort of got to it and um I hopped up on the stage and uh you know, just as like a final you know, as the final thing. Um and to be fair, it, it was a bit self indulgent of us. But I wanted to sort of make a point of like, look, we're just a bunch of you know, we're just a bunch of guys. Like none of us have formal training in running this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If we can run it, you know, the rest of Europe can. They can do it. Yeah, hundred percent. They just gotta gotta really care and be, you know, try and do it as best they can. Mm-hmm. And um, it would be nice to see Albion get topped. Uh, you know, not not be the biggest tournament ever in Europe. Yeah. In terms of like single, in terms for a single bracket, um, it's bigger than any even any anything in the FGC for Europe. Sure, that's insane. That's insane. So yeah, so it's like I'd I'd like to see it get beaten, but I don't know how long that will take. Well, we'll 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 definitely see. see. I mean, um, I guess firstly, again, we've already mentioned it, but shouts to Ben, shouts to Eve. Um, they obviously they obviously took a step back after to Albion as well, and they they contributed so fucking much to the scene as well. Honestly, they are. I mean, they're my best friends. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I, I do not uh, mince words about that. But they had clocked out before even Albion three. Sure. But oh, they were yeah, still, they were, yeah. yeah they, they, they were still going because of me. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, we're doing it to help you. And I was like, look, I'm doing one last really big one. Can can you help me with this one? Just mm-hmm. this all all it's all I'll ever ask again for like TO and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were like, yeah, okay, we got you. we got you. That's bad. That's um, bad. Yeah. Um, I guess. I guess a uh, quick question around this. I mean, obviously, you, you've kind of stated that like to in for you is kind of a done deal. Uh, you don't really, you don't really want to get back into that. But I'm very much of the, of the subscription of never say never. Would you ever go back into to in at all? I kind of still do it to a degree, but on like a much more casual level. Um, mm-hmm. For example, with the like, there's locals around my area. I'll you know I'll be like oh yeah sure I'll help with this like um. When someone, when like an event is struggling or they need someone to just be a poor game, it's like, yeah, just give me the sheet. Sure. Um, because it's so low intensity compared to what I'm used to, it's fine. Right. It barely right. phases me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like with, uh, like we don't know the situation because of course the lockdown, but uh, the PogChamp TOs might no longer be in the area after after the lockdown. Ah, uh, I see. So if that's the case, then I'll just I'll just take over. It's fine. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, and uh, I'm, I am going to run, like I say, never say never, but um, I kind of already have decided I'm going to run like a regional in East England, like sort of like how Eastern Front was. Sure. Um, sure. Just because I want us to have one again, and then I'm going to try and train other TOs to take over off me. Amazing. So it's like, a, it's like, it's not like a, um, it's just making sure that we've got good events that people can learn from. Yeah. Handing over the torches. As, as it were. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like, right, here we go. We're starting now. It's up to you now. Away you go. So... When it comes to that, I guess, so it, that kind of ne- nicely leads on to my next point in that when it comes to, to giving TOs um, the kind of help and the training that they need to get better, for example, um, where do you feel like scenes in general can maybe either improve their TOing skills or is there like what aspects do you think people should concentrate on more? What are your kind of thoughts of, of, of kind of the general TOing 
in Smash UK at the moment? Where do you think it can maybe improve? Right, so I'll preface it by I'm not speaking about any scene in particular because I haven't travelled very much in the past year or so, so I don't know the situation with most of them. However, from general observation of communities over the years and where TOs trip up and why their tournament series then sometimes struggle, um, I, I wish I had like a real nice snazzy name for it. But the uh, the concept of and this is something that was really, really like drummed into myself that I drummed into myself during brawl is uh, retaining your attendees. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't. A lot of tos don't do enough to keep the new people interested in coming back for some more. Um, and you can see instances of this in like that events where I've really pushed for stuff. Uh, you probably recognise the the parents kettle at dbz okay yeah where where there's you know there's a tea station for parents because they're bringing their kid they're probably not having a great time themselves because it's just kid here playing video games sure. so i want to support the parents make sure they feel welcome so they want to bring their kids back for more um my absolute insistence on round robin pools are anything smaller than nationals sure Sure. Um, and I've got a bunch of reasons for that. And uh, the co I, you know, I'm going to go into it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to listen. <laughs> um, the the concept of a social catalyst is what I is what I've coined it. Um, Jeez, and it's the idea. Okay. Yeah. No. Honestly, I could write I could write full on thesis on this, and I have no real scientific backing other than my experience. But when someone comes to a tournament, most people we are all video game people. Yeah. A solid eighty percent of people are at least shy. Or at worst, or I'd say at worst, or, you know, they, they could be autistic or have anxiety or stuff like that. But most people are at least shy and they're a little bit nervous about talking to people mm -hmm. out of the blue. Um, you can facilitate that as a TO. Um, I know there's some guy, there's, there's been several people who have been, or have seen standing around with no one to play. And I've literally gone up to them and be like, you're right, mate, how you doing? Let's find you someone to play with. Uh, and then I'll usually find someone who I know is like friendly and safe. Um, my my go-to person at every DBZ was BWC. Sure, yeah. Because yeah, he'd yeah. always be playing friendlies with someone, and he was the lovely. He's the loveliest person ever. So, mm. but hey, 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 BWC, can this guy join you for rotations? And there you go. That person's now in. They know someone. Um, you can facilitate it by doing that, which I think TO should do as well. But the idea of round robin pools at like events that are smaller than like majors or smaller than nationals, mm -hmm. um, so like regional stuff, basically. Um, is that when someone who is shy and brand new enters a tournament and they enter round robin, they have five chances to fight to meet someone who is social enough, who is a social catalyst. Um, a good example would be yourself, um, who you know you're going to be social, you're going to chat with them, you know you'd be happy to you'd be happy to sort of introduce them into the scene a bit more. Sure, 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 sure. Because you 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 could get a new person come along, they enter a double a limb bracket, they play two people. Uh, those two people are either just very introverted or they're not very talkative mm -hmm. or anything like that. And they play these two people that don't really talk to them. They get bodied twice. They didn't have a good time. They don't yeah, want to come back. That's their experience. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. And to be honest, this is the experience I had with the Tekken scene because while I'm quite extroverted, I didn't really, like, I would try and talk to people and be like, ah. Was this, was this, at, the, was this at the event that should not be named? No, no, no. Oh. It was a different event, but um, okay. it's just like it's just very difficult when you've only got two opportunities. Um, uh, you've got a minimum potential. You've got a potential minimum of two opportunities to meet someone who's going to be open and friendly. Mm -hmm. It makes it a lot harder to find someone who's going to be like, oh, you know, I, you know, this wasn't too bad. I'm going to come back. Mm -hmm. Mm 
Um, so I feel like a, so to bring that back around, round robin pool should be done. At, should be run at regionals. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, it's funny. I was talking to um, I was talking to Will about this on on episode yeah. two a little bit about kind of, and he, he brought up a really cool he brought up a really cool point. It's not you're not running a tournament. You're running an event. And yes. you've got to be able to accommodate for people as much as you possibly can. And he talks about obviously having the dedicated friendlies room um, at, at Regen, obviously having the the LGBTQ uh, meetup and stuff like that. Like that kind of stuff, it's it's almost like you go to an event and some people won't really care, but the people who do care will really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I exactly. So important. It's about selling points. Mm-hmm. This is why Albion took off. It's why Regen will take off. Um, because regen, regen obviously was good, yeah, um, yeah, but it will get bigger. It's going to get bigger because uh, Will's yeah, cut Will, from the Will, same cloth as me. Yeah, yeah. Will's a Will's a very very ambitious guy when it comes to that. Stuff. Oh yeah, so he, no he knows, and he, and he knows what he's doing exactly. So mm-hmm. it's like it's so it's that kind of selling point. So when you give someone that many opportunities to first of all play the game and also meet people, they're going to have a much higher chance of enjoying themselves. Sure. Um, so that it's it's that sort of thing where tos tldr because. I rambled. No, it's all good. It's um, all good. <laughs> uh, the TOs need to prioritize the new people a bit more. People who are experienced, they know what they're doing. They're going to hang out with their mates. They're going to play in the bracket. They know how all the rules work. They need to. The TOs need to go more out of their way to see to spot the people who are either uncomfortable or new. And try and ease them into it a little bit, especially on a smaller scale. You can't really do that if you're running a major. It's just not really possible. Mm-hmm. But for a lot, of, pretty much everyone who's going to be listening to this is probably a regional TO, and so they would it would they would be it would be in their best interest to try and look out for that sort of thing more. Um, and I feel like a lot of TOs. Well, I say a lot. I feel like some TOs are kind of winging it with their numbers. Um, wherein they they're like, well, I've got this many people entered. I've allocated. I, okay, I've, I've allocated an hour and a half to pools. That sounds about right. I've got this many TVs. Yeah, that should be okay. Well, they haven't actually done the numbers and looked into how long each thing's going to take. Sure. So they, they they guess, and then they either end up with, in best case scenario, it, you know, it runs well. But then the next best case scenario is that they just have low, massive gaps in time, which mm-hmm. we which mm-hmm. has been happening. Um, or they run over time and they don't know why, and it's because they haven't properly checked how long things were going to take, and that's like an important thing to make sure of. Sure, sure. I think I think it's it's always difficult with that because it is very much kind of like you have to take an educated guess a lot of the time based on based on previous experience. You can never really truly know how long stuff's going to take. Um, you can obviously take a good guess, but there's every chance that that guess could just be wrong. Um, yeah, I mean sometimes it just happens. Um, that's yeah, like. Yeah. Like there was like there was a couple of pools at Albion which happened to have um like a Pac-Man or a Samus that was doing the long run through losers going game three every time. And like, okay, well that one's just running behind. You can't really do anything about it. That's it. That's um but you but well, you can so. still have like your set numbers, but like a lot of the people they've just gone, Well, I'll give this much time, that sounds right, where they haven't looked into it. Like I um you get like a like a I don't know, like a sixteen man pool if you want to get it to the top four and you've allocated an hour, it's like it's not enough time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, look, we've talked about we've talked about To and enough, um, and we'll probably talk about it again at some point. But like, <laughs> um, it obviously you were a player as well. You're one of the best Ikes in in Europe in Smash Four. Um, I don't know what the hell you're playing Ultimate now. So I've seen like pretty much every character under the sun under your bracket <laughs> name at this point. Um, yeah. 
what is what is the kind of future for GP the player uh, after we've talked so extensively about about Toin? Yeah. GP as a player, um, he's pretty much the same he's always been. He's like the guy who I, I, I'm going to do the same thing every time where I play Ike for a couple of months. I eventually get bored, decide I don't want to play him anymore, find another character, play you're them the for fucking, a few You're the fucking worst with this, man. I swear to God, every time, <laughs> I'm very aware, every I'm very aware. time, you're like, oh, I'm dropping funny. Ike. I'm sick of Ike. I'm dropping Ike. Next tournament, he's playing Ike. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck happened? And the thing is, I'm aware, and I'll play into it now because I know I'm going to do it eventually. <laughs> but, um, but like I just kind of play whoever I feel like. Like at the moment, I'm playing K. Rule pretty much exclusively, mm-hmm. uh, and that's because it's online. I don't want to take character. one. Very. Good oh, he's just character. he's just hilarious to play online. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like, and he's very good for like rewarding uh, a good read, which is sure. which is always feel, which always feels nice, and so I just do that. Nice. Um, also, I've got I've got more than enough experience from playing with Ben, who is absolutely terrifying with that character. Very true. Very true. Yeah, so I rule and hero. That's fucking. I know that, that is the that is the, like K rule and hero is the I don't like this game, so I'm going to make <laughs> everyone else hate it too. That is the combo. I love it. I love it. Shout yeah. out, man. Yeah, but um, I'm so I'm just kind of as, as a player, I'm just kind of vibing. I'm not really sticking time into it. Um, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm just kind of enjoying playing stuff at the moment. Uh, I've been like I've seriously bought like five other fighting games in the past month. <laughs> but um. I'm more so leaning into commentary, uh, trying to find other things to do other than TOing and playing. Because um, I feel like if, if I was going to improve as a player, because I've been at this sort of level for forever, mm-hmm. if I was going to improve as a player, I would have done it by now. Um, okay. I, okay. I, I can tell myself, as there's not so much as saying I think I've hit my skill cap, um, but it's more if I was going to be serious about improving as a player, it would have happened at some point in the past decade. Yeah. I, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't have left it till now. So I'm not going to be like, right, now I'm serious because I know that's not the case. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I find that fascinating because I guess I'm, I'm very much in the same boat in that um, I, like, I don't really have that, not necessarily don't have the competitive drive because I always have fun when I play and when I want to win, I'll try my best to win. But like, I, I don't, personally feel the need to to go and really really try to get better at this point um so i I guess i'm with you on that one i guess i'm with you on that one you mentioned um getting into commentary i mean obviously you've done commentary uh, quite a few times before um from what i've heard it's really good from every time i hear it Um, we've commented together before remember we we did yeah (laughs) no no we we commented together at that that event as well we've commented together twice i don't think i've commented with you at that event because i'm almost never we might have but because i'm trying to remember because we because we commentated at the cursed event yeah but i i distinctly remember we commentated before that together as well and i can't we commented we commented the crew battle at smash then that's what it was that's right we cut yeah Yeah. (laughs) because i think that was the first time i properly spoke to you as well so oh fuck it i'm sorry you still you still You still had short hair back then. It was oh, hilarious. no, let's not talk about short hair, Dev. That was a, that was a, that was a stage we don't want to uh, talk about. You, you stole yeah. all the mine. I'm bored now. I had long hair back then. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that is that is a hell of a throwback. So I mean, it look, is. commentary is hella fun. Um, so I'm glad you're getting more into it. So like, I guess, what are the, what are the kind of um commentary gigs you're kind of looking? at? I mean, it's a bit more difficult now that we're all all quarantine kind of situation. But like, when it comes to to commentating what are you kind of doing to to improve in that area if anything um 
without sounding like it's a slight to yourself, I'm watching Bowie almost exclusively. That's right. That, um, why would I do that as a slight to myself? Well, it's how, 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 how dare you not look at my own commentary? <laughs> but um, I feel like Bowie's commentary is actually probably, in terms of like pure skill, he's probably the best in Europe. Not because I think he's he is overall the best, but I think he is the only commentator at top level who doesn't really have any game knowledge. Like he he knows right. roughly, but he's not got any. He's not leaning on any actual knowledge of frame data or matchups or yeah. how a character plays. He's just calling it exactly as he as he sees it, and he's still one of the best in Europe. That's why I've always said like, um, him, him and Virum together is so because Virum is like they're both very charismatic people. Yeah. They're both very charismatic people, but like Virum's very much the guy with the knowledge. Um, and then you got Bowie, who's just like. He he brings some kind of hype, man. It's all, it's all that speedrunning shit that he does, man. He just knows yeah. how to commentate. He gets it. He's, he's done. Well, of course, he, he's a Scout stage actor by trade as well. He like he's a trained stage actor, so he knows exactly how to enunciate. And like, it's, it's really funny because uh, he stutters over himself in normal conversation. You get him on a microphone or on a stage, boom! It's the stutter's Different gone. Beast. Different it's beast. so it's so strange, but you gotta love it. I suppose so. I suppose um, so. No, that's cool, man. Like Bowie's, Bowie's a super good example yeah. to kind of work from, hundred percent. Yeah. So, I've, I mean, I've already done some gigs. I do, I do have to be com- like, I have to be honest with myself that I know I get a bit of privilege in terms of the, in terms of getting, in terms of securing stuff mm-hmm. because of my prestige as a TO. Like, uh, I got a commentary slot at UFA, um, with Bowie and with Laris mm-hmm. from Germany, um, and I got to commentate some really good sets. But uh, I know I wouldn't have gotten that if I was just GP the Eichmann, mm-hmm. who's who started getting into commentary. I mean, look, we take those. We do, we do. But, um, <laughs> I mean, we definitely we, we take a- those. <laughs> we absolutely take it, but it's, I feel like it's important to recognize, like, this. Is, I'm not getting this because I'm a sick commentator. I'm getting this because I'm a decent commentator, and also because I'm a really good TO. But then you so get like, paired with sick people, and then you're just going to get better anyway, so it works yeah, out. Absolutely. Yeah, works exactly. Out. That's, the, that's the plan, but I, it's one of those ones where it's like, I don't think i can just turn up and do it i feel like it's something you gotta really work on um especially in europe because i mean i i don't know how if don't know if any americans listen to this but in comparison to europe their commentary is trash no. well we have a, a a diverse set of i think five percent of american viewers uh, from the stats that i've seen <laughs> so the five percent listening your commentary fucking europe is on another level like you, like you've got. Yeah, I know. <laughs> totally but like, like I, you can name like nearly a dozen UK commentators alone that are all like better than your average American commentator. We yeah, we are very blessed in the commentary department. I will say. Um, yeah, and when we you need you to be good at like, something. <laughs> I, uh, we, well, uh, you said it. <laughs> I'm totally, hey, I'm gonna. Hey, editor, future dev, edit that out. Edit that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, leave it in. But I mean, it is a strange one to think about. Like, how how different? Uh, I do. I, I do want to just point out, like, the, the, the landscape of the UK scene is so different from from four. Mm-hmm. We like it's just because I mean, a lot of the people have sort of moved on, um, and that's just kind of it comes in waves. People sort of they come and go. Um, people stick around to like a degree, but more often than not, you'll find that you get waves of new people come in, and as the as, you know, as people get more established, sometimes they just sort of flake off. Some of them stick around. But um, but a lot of people who are around now, they, this is the first time they've experienced, or people who are around at the end of Smash 4, this is the first time they've experienced the new people coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're all like, oh, you know, things are different now. You know, it's not the same people around. It was like, yeah, but 
for me, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this happen. So it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we, 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 we'll get good. We'll get, you know, like we'll get to like a really strong level again. We might lose some of them, but we'll keep, you know, we're all in, we're always improving. We're yeah, getting new top players. We've got people like, I mean, Al's consistently incredible. Um, mm -hmm, I wish, mm -hmm. I wish he was able to get to more stuff outside of the South Coast because he absolutely dominates down there. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah we've yeah. got Bloom, who I think was just on the cusp of becoming a major threat. <laughs> Yeah, Bloom is... And uh, then the quarantine kicked in. Yeah, Bloom is definitely one of those where you're just like, just give it a little bit of time. Just give it yeah. a little bit of time. This kid's going to be a hell of a threat. I mean, you know, yeah. he is. But... Oh, yeah. And then you've got Holopup as well in Ireland, who's Holopup. really, really making moves. Mm -hmm. Or Battle Pup. I don't know which one they, which one's actually their tag, but I, I know they're I think they're tagged Holopup now. Yeah. Um. Oh. But yeah, so it's wild. Yeah, so I, there's a lot of... A lot of uh, really, really good up-and-coming players. Look, uh, GP, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. Um, but, of course, uh, you've listened to the podcast, so I assume you know what's happening. I need you to pick a number between 1 and 237. 1 and 237. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll go with number 5, because the amount of people who have said stuff about Albion 5 in the past couple of weeks been grinding <laughs> my gears this is, my, this is my form of stress relief okay question number five just in quite in case you are wondering or the listeners at home are wondering um i have a set of 237 different topics uh, to ask about at the end of every podcast of the bonecast um they pick a number i pick the corresponding question it's really as easy as that okay question number five if you could get the answer to any question what would your question be Oh, yes, I do have to say. While I'm thinking about, it, I do have to say I'm very glad I didn't get a pop culture question because I am awful <laughs> with anything to do with that. I was like, because I saw, I, I saw for Brad, it was something like, "What's your favorite cartoon?" I was like, "I pray I don't get something like that." Would you don't know what your favorite cartoon would be? I don't have one. Not what, really? What do you? What do you mean you don't? Anyway, have a favorite? oh my god! All right, that wasn't your question. I'm not going to get it. No, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, go ahead, go ahead. um God, that's a hell of a question. I'm trying to think as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're trying to get. I'm getting really th philosophical here. Like, I mean, you don't want to waste I, I was, it. I was, initially, I was initially gonna go with something silly and throwaway, but I was like, no, actually, this is a, this is there is depth to this question. You got, you got to ask. You can't just be like, what, what time is it? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get the answer. But yeah, where's yeah. the question? Um, man, I mean, the the easy, the easy route would be something to do with like, God. Or aliens. Yeah. I'd need to know aliens. I'd need to know something about aliens. If I was to, if I was getting asked that, if I could ask one question, it'd have to be like, do we have little grey alien men like running around in Area 51 or something like yeah. that? And if they said yes, it's over, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it is, yeah. But um, I don't know, I've always been a sort of a, a man who's been about having knowledge I can refer to or like use. Mm. So I think something like what really occurs in illnesses and viruses and i mean this that's been all that's been weighing on everyone's mind anyway with the with the lockdown sure, sure. but if we if i like if i get like a concrete answer why can we not stop these and how do we always stop them that would be that would be like the biggest use of it for me i think i suppose i, I guess like i mean I could no be... actually actually i'm gonna oh. amend that i'm gonna amend that how do we stop dementia Oh, that's a really good question. Because that's been uh, that's been something that's uh, been plaguing my family uh, for the Man. past couple of years. Uh, so uh, that would oh, be a nice big one. Oh, my my question is fucking stupid compared to that. 
Oh, I hate that. I'm asking about little gray alien men. I'm probably going to get gunned down for knowing the knowledge anyway. If the answer's yes, the fucking CIA going to finish me off. And you're asking I mean, actual I'll, useful questions. I'll get gunned down by the American military as well for daring to challenge their monopoly on the old people's homes, right? <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Well, you can't have too much knowledge. GP, it's been absolute fucking pleasure having you on, man. Um, thank you very much for joining me. Any final words? Any final thoughts? Um, please let Albion Five die. Uh, in all honesty, like I, I it's <laughs> like people keep asking me about. It. I was like, look, if it's gonna happen, you won't see it coming. Like it won't happen mm-hmm. because I promised my mom I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> but um, but um, other than that, uh, big love to Dev. He's a lovely guy. Oh, thank you. Love you too. And um, uh, support support his content. You know, he's obviously does this, but he's obviously a big time live streamer. A big time <laughs> with like four hundred followers. I'm big time now, Mama. I made it. <laughs> well, does he, he? Well, when when people are listening back to this in a few years' time, after you're like bigger than Ninja. All right, all right, yeah. all right. Well, let's, that, let's all that charisma, that all that charisma won't go to waste. Well, we'll see. Um, I'm willing to bet that it probably will. But thank you very much for listening <laughs> to the <laughs> listening to the podcast, um, guys. If you have the ability to, of course, rate the podcast on the platform that you're listening to, please do feel free to leave a rating. But until next time, of course, I am Dev or Cousin Boneless, your host, and I will speak to you all soon. Goodbye now.